Welcome to the DC Beer Show, everybody. It is March, which means that we have been at this now for one whole year. Yay! Uh, we're DC Beer across social media and Discord. We're going to have a special interview with Jeff Ramirez over at Denizen's Brewing Company later in the show. But we'll start, as always, with Brandy and Mike. What are you drinking? Brandy. Hi. Happy? No, I was going to say happy one-year anniversary to COVID, but no, it was pretty fucking shitty. Cool. <laughs> I'm actively drinking Stranger Than Fiction Porter from Collective Arts, which I think I was drinking last week, or last time we recorded. But I also cracked open a Chin Chin, the Irish-style extra stout, which was fucking delicious um, from Elder Pine. If you haven't checked that one out, I highly recommended uh, recommend it. We crushed one of these uh, during a socially distanced beer share we had Saturday at Mikasa. <laughs> it was mm. lovely. And I was there, and I can tell you, you that it is indeed a good beer. And since St. Really Patrick's good. Day is coming up, yeah, that is one that you could purchase and enjoy. That's it was local. So good, yeah. So go go find it and enjoy Chin Chin from Elder Pine, Mike. Mr. Stein, what, what you got going on over yes, there? Yes, indeed. I am drinking In the Cut, In the Cut, which is a land beer, a country lager from Front Royal Brewing. So I am big on just taking German words and slapping them on American beers, but this <laughs> beer actually plays the part of land beer. It tastes like something out of the Franconia region of Bavaria. Over Front Royal, they've got Mike McCarthy, who uh, is a famed brewer in this area. He was responsible for the rise of Ocelot, working with Adrian from the earliest days out there. He won a couple Great American Beer Festival medals at Ocelot. Before that, he worked at DC Brow. Before Brow, he worked at Capital City Brewing Company, where he won some more medals. He had an Imperial Coffee Stout, and I also got an Imperial Coffee Stout from Front Royal. But this in the cut is just a wonderful pale lager. And, uh, you know, I'm all about beers that are under 5%. This is 4.8 ABV. It's got that wonderful hop, the German Czech hop character, and, and a wonderful uh, malt presence behind it. So shout out to Mike McCarthy and Front Royal. Uh, shout out to Phil Runko for blessing me with these treats. I'm uh, going to get into the Front Royal Coffee Stout later. But it's just wonderful to have so many quality beers coming out of Virginia, Maryland, and the district that it's just an embarrassment of riches. Mike Stein, what is going on out I-66 where they start slapping German words on beers between Front Royal <laughs> and Wheatland Spring? What's in the water? They're brewing, land, they're brewing land beer, man. They've, they can, they can afford land beer. and real estate, and they've got land beer. It's not water beer. It's land beer. Cool. <laughs> I have not been to Front Royal Brewing, and I've I've ventured out to uh, most of the brewers, breweries out there. So I got to check this one out. I just googled Put it because I didn't. List. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, they are really doing good stuff. Uh, it awesome. seems from the little offerings I've had, um, and they're available now on the Church Key Beer Shop. Hell yeah! So check out uh, Church Key Beer and do a, a DC delivery or a pickup. Try try Front Royal. Good stuff. Thanks for the beer education, Mike. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Over here, I'm celebrating um, Silver Branch's second anniversary with, uh, or is it third? With second, with one of my favorites of theirs, <laughs> Obsidian Castle. 
Shout out to people like Jay Sconerman who helped with the recipe um, when he was at Meridian Pint and is now down in Charlottesville running the tap rooms out of Crozet and uh, Charlottesville for Star Hill. I found a couple stray cans of this. It's one of my favorites of theirs. And so mm. happy anniversary to those folks. A Tamave special, which is more special, meaning higher ABV than your usual Tamave Pivo Czech style dark lager. The extra special means it goes from like a 12 to a 14 Play-Doh or something along those lines. But a lovely beer for a lovely group of people. Uh, we're going to have them on the show, hopefully later on, uh, next couple months or so. So Brandy, speaking of anniversaries, are you cracking another Silver Branch beer over there, Brandy? <laughs> Why, yes, I am, Jake. Uh, I'm about to crack open Beautiful. a gilded age a golden strong ale from silver branch silver branch which is pretty close to my house up in silver spring i'm in northeast dc for Totten hellbender area silver branch is going to be celebrating their second anniversary this week slash weekend i saw sophie uh this past weekend at silver branch and we discussed a little bit um, about what they're uh, doing for their anniversary. So they're going to release the Sisyphus, I think, on March 3rd, and then, which is tomorrow. And then they're going to have like a beer garden, socially distanced beer garden party on March 5th. So go celebrate uh, their anniversary, the, the Silver Branch's second anniversary party with them this week slash weekend. And... It's going to be, it's like a double birthday anniversary weekend because we have Red Bear. Red Bear's second anniversary slash birthday is also this weekend on March the 7th. And they're not really doing anything, um, you know, like any special events per se. I just was chatting with Brian and Simon, but they do want you to come out and drink and have fun. They have so many extra new tents and tables set up with heaters because I know it's chilly again. Um, it's going to be nice tomorrow, so go check them out. And sh extra shout out because uh, Red Bear finally got into a gay bar, which is insane um, because they're like the only fully gay owned brewery in the area. And so they finally got into uh, trade. Uh, 51st State is in trade. So they're going to go support that and be super excited about it. So, yeah, happy anniversary and happy birthdays to Silver Branch and Red Bear. And speaking of Red Bear even more, they just hired a new assistant brewer who uh, is an amazing addition to the team, uh, Nicole Jones. Shout out to hiring ladies to brew some delicious beer. And shout out to all the women-owned businesses, especially breweries around here. People know that women can make some good beer. So shout out to all y'all. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. And um, speaking of ladies, we're going to have an interview coming up with um, Jeff Ramirez from Denizens, who's not a lady. But Boo. Julie Verratti. <laughs> Julie Verratti is a lady. You may know her. As I love Julie. She's yeah. fucking awesome. Den Denizens co-founder, co-owner, brand manager and such, uh, who has moved on to the Biden administration. Um, she previously worked for the SBA Small Business Administration, and she's going to be doing some SBA stuff there for Biden, which means that Jeff is going to be taking over some of Julie's duties. Mike Stein, 
you want to take it away? That's right. So we're about to get into this interview with Jeff Ramirez, who is chief beer officer and co-founder, along with Julie Verratti. Jake, like you mentioned, Julie is going to lend her talents to the U.S. Small Business Administration. Um, so Jeff is taking over some of her roles and responsibilities, and he was just getting his feet wet, taking the reins over from Julie, who is a master sled driver, if you will, keeping within the reins and getting those reindeer up in the sky and flying, uh, making drops of beer all over the DMV. I talked to Jeff about Denizen's new Hike the Alps series. So here we go. Jeff Ramirez, Chief Beer Officer and Co-Founder of Denizens. Give it a listen. Welcome to the DC Beer Show. My name is Mike Stein, and I'm here talking today with Jeff Ramirez. Jeff, how are you doing? Good, Mike. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. So we're here to talk about the Hike the Alps series, which is a new series you've got coming out. Tell us a little bit about Hike the Alps and your overall goal with the series. Well, I mean, the series is inspired by uh, travels during my brewing education, part of the Siebel Institute, the international diploma program that I completed over a decade ago was um, actually five weeks in Grafenfling, Germany, which is right outside of Munich. And, you know, there was just a lot of time to fall in love with the traditional styles out there. And funny enough, the head brewer at our Silver Spring location, Dave Vogelpohl, also made a trip and we kind of been collaborating together to bring the series to light. And, you know, it's called Hike the Alps because it's all of these breweries that are hugging the German and Austrian Alps. Uh, they're not in the mountains, but they're hugging it. And it's just kind of a time where travel has been, you know, coveted, has been wanted by a lot of people because it's been very much restricted. And we figured, you know, why not reminisce about it and, and do it through a brand? So we, we're bringing this beer collection in 2021. Right on. That's that's super exciting. So tell us a little bit about the beer. Uh, it's a it's a Munich Dunkel. What should we expect with this first product in the Hike the Alps series? Well, I mean, it's we're using the you know premium environment malts. So we're using everything from, you know, Munich light to dark, uh, Kara Munich, trying to think what else, you know, the Barca Pills, that's our base, a little bit of black for color. So we're getting this really depth of uh, bready malt character with a little bit of like nut and cocoa character, very slight, very drinkable. Uh, it is not a cloyingly sweet beer. It's just flavorful. I mean, I'm drinking it right now and enjoying it. It's, it has a nice ruby colored uh, tint to it. So, I mean, for beer lovers, I think it's just, you know, up and down to look at it, to smell it, to drink it. It's just a fun experience. And it reminds me of hiking up to Ondex. You know, that's, that was the whole point. So That's awesome. For these breweries that hug the mountains in the German and Austrian countryside, you have your Munich, your dark lager. What are you eating alongside with this beer? Are you, are you pairing a, a meatball sub or chicken wings or is it more uh, pretzels or something like that? All right, right now, nothing. I'm just drinking beer. But in my head, it would be that pork knuckle maybe side by a potato dumpling where, you know, it's a big ball of potato, just very dense. You cut with a knife and then the pork knuckle, it's, you know, it's just mostly pork skin and cartilage and fat and maybe a little bit of meat, glorified ham hock, if you will. Really haven't found any anywhere stateside to get that, but really nice. I totally will. Uh, the last time I was in Prague, my dad ordered pork knuckle by accident. Uh, and so he had this massive plate plunked down 
you know, they call it pork knuckle, but yeah, it's like a ham hock. It was the size of my head uh, with the Schwitzkova, the classic Czech bread, bread dumplings, which is really just, you know, kind of uh, that that's big throughout the Czech, uh, German and Austrian countryside. But let's let's talk a little bit more about the beer. So we've got um, German malts and it's really a, a parade of malts, bready malt. Um, what other tasting notes do you get? Is it kind of coffee? Is it chocolatey? Is it, uh, you know, pumpernickel like? What are you getting with the flavor of the beer? I would say, I mean, now that you're saying pumpernickel and getting through one beer and cracking into the next, uh, I'm definitely getting that as a bread character. Roast kind of character is not perceived in this beer. It's not, you know, to style. So, you know, there's a little bit of, I just get like, like miscellaneous almond nut kind of stuff and then a little bit of cocoa, but Again, it's it's not like distinct this, distinct that. I feel like it's just this depth of flavor that you just kind of enjoy whimsically while you're drinking it, and then you go on to the next one. But yeah, pumpernickel. I would say once you once you pointed that out, I definitely had it on the on the back of my tongue. So right on. So when can uh, lager lovers expect to get the beer? Where should they buy the beer, and when does the beer come out? So the beer itself is it's not tap room only. However. It will be mostly sold in our tap rooms. We're doing uh, four-pack carriers uh, in 375 ml bottles. So, you know, metric bottle, you know, four-pack is to style with these traditional beers, uh, at least some of them. And you know, we'll have those to go in our, in our Denizens carriers as well as draft here. I would like to see it in D.C. specifically in some of the beer gardens. We'll talk with our distributor and see if that happens. But for now, I mean, you can definitely count on getting it at either our Denizens locations our original locations in Silver Spring, Maryland, just over the D.C. border, and then our new location in Riverdale Park, Maryland, right off Route 1, just south of University of Maryland. So, That's great. Yeah, I certainly plan to uh, swing by either in uh, Riverdale up by College Park or to come see you at the, the original spot and grab a case of bottles. <laughs> It's great to have this product in bottles the way uh, you might buy, you know, Eyinger's Altbayerisch Dunkel or um, the Ondex comes. Yeah, I, I try to buy that four at a time from the craft right. beer seller. How does this beer stack up to those, you know, the, the Eyinger Altbayerisch Dunkel or the, the Ondex Dunkels? What's, what sort of similarities and differences between your beer and theirs? We do use the Ondex. The origin is Ondex Lager Strain, you know, how yeast strains can mutate while banked is, you know, can't, I can't really speak on that, but the origin of the strain is from Ondex, or at least that's what we're told. But I would say, you know, no matter what, it's fresher and they make great product and I enjoy it shipped. I think I had the Hellas from Ondex in their half liter from each peach over in my old neighbor, like Mount Pleasant, tasting great. But no matter what, this beer is fresher. So there's always going to be a slight different character like any fresh beer has more prominent certain notes uh compared to the other so by my memory i i i hope that it it stands well next to the fresh stein on the mountain at ondex we just did a tasting panel this friday whatever the last friday in february and we were just going by the bjcp guidelines and we you know we all sat there and we thought that it hit every note you know carb level to anything so we're, we're really trying to hit traditional uh specifically so i think it i think it will match up with any of them that's great yeah so uh even if it's drier or sweeter or more bitter or less bitter will certainly be fresher 
there's no question you don't uh, you don't put yours on a shipping container and send no. it over on a boat. So that's not to knock theirs because when they do, I still drink it. You know, and it tastes great. So. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, no disrespect to the classic Munich and uh, Alpine brewers. Tell us a little bit about the team uh, that that helped bring this beer to life, from brewing to cellaring to packaging. Well, D- Dave was the one-man show. You know, he's the only person at uh, Silver Spring doing production regularly, other than on bottling days. This is Dave Vogelpohl, you mentioned. Correct. Yeah, Dave Vogelpohl. So, yeah, he he did this this brand. We have the Hellas Lagering currently, which will be the next release in April, and. He's been very much been back and forth. Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this when it comes to the malt percentages, water treatment, where we just treat the water before it goes in. So it actually is almost like Ryan Heiskeboat. A lot of German breweries, if they're trying to abide by it, they'll actually just pre-treat the water because then that's the water entering the, the facility. And then it's like, you know, and that's, that's what it is. So not something we'll try to do with our, our heavier production. But for this series, that's, you know, 15 barrels at a time. You know, I think this beer is tank time was six weeks, maybe seven weeks, you know, including fermentation, which was faster than we expected. But, you know, he's paid attention to it. And I think it shows in the final product. So. So just to reiterate and clarify, um, you've got Dave Vogelpohl at in Silver Spring. Correct. Who who is brewing this beer 15 barrels at a time. It's getting a long extended lagering, you know. Correct. Natural clarification. And so what's really unique about it is it's a small batch dark lager. So this is a product that right now we're not really seeing in D.C. outside of the exports. So this is really your chance to get your hands on something that um, otherwise you'd, you'd have to go to Munich to get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a tough thing to give tank time like that to these beers, you know, when you're trying to maintain a business. But it, it does show, show in these brands specifically. So. Well, we're super excited about the beer, um, you know, knowing that uh, we greatly enjoyed the lagers, the the small specialty lagers I've always loved, the Buena Onda, the Vienna style lager that I think was like draft only. Right, right. And so as we get more vaccinated and see more spots open up, we hope to see the Dunkels around town, you know, as it, as it should be consumed, maybe uh, a liter at a time. Right, right. <laughs> I know we've got the brig uh, down by by me here in Southeast, and I'd love to just uh, get outside and, and crush a liter of it, assuming it's going to be as good or, or better than the Buena Onda. How, how does it stack to some of your other lagers, Buena Onda or, or the, the PGC Premium or any of the other lagers you're sort of known for? Well, those, you know, we're using the Bohemian uh, yeast strain. So for for us, we've kind of leaned into what that yeast strain does well, and it, it does adjunct lager as well. So we did PGC Premium, which is, you know, American adjunct lager, and then we did uh, Buen Onda, which is the, you know, Mexican-style Vienna, which is an adjunct lager as well. And, it, you know, we could have just easily used that yeast for this beer, but if we're really trying to just be true to style and, and where the inspiration is from, we felt it necessary to bring in another lager strain. And again, you know, the nuances we pick up, I hope the customers pick up, but, you know, it's not, it was not a choice of being, trying to be making something where it fit into our whole production system. It was kind of taking something that we really were inspired by, really wanted to reminisce about this old travel because again, sitting at home in our heads, all that stuff. um, And it just kind of came to fruition faster than we expected. And we just said, go and made it. And I don't know having a good time with it. But again, I think the loggers that we do currently, quality-wise, stand up just, just the same next to these 
However, this these brands were specifically inspired by specific breweries' beers. The other brands that we do were inspired by what we want our beer to be for these individual brands only. You know, while taking inspiration from other breweries, we were not stricken to their kind of guidelines, if you will. So that would be the main difference. But I drink all these lagers next to each other all day, every day. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> Guilty as charged of being a, a zealous lager lover. Yeah, thinking about the way this lager is is a little bit different, um, really paying homage to these classic styles. It's kind of like when when Will Smith dropped Summertime mm-hmm. and everybody knew that was like Rakim's flow. They were like, <laughs> yo, Will totally jack Rakim's flow. But Rakim was like, yeah, no, like I didn't ghostwrite that. That was all him. But he made this banger and everybody knows Summertime. But those who know really know that that was like Will Smith fighting Rakim's flow. But, you know, ultimately made a great song. And so uh, we hope we hope to see that success. So, all right, out of left field. But you talked a little bit about Siebel. Um, and so the Siebel Institute, America's oldest brewing school, literally the oldest in the U.S. So they have a partnership with the Technical University of Munich. Tell us about your time in Munich, about the, the travels there, right? Like what, what were the sights and sounds? And, and I mean, certainly Andex Dunkel is a great example of the style, but. My experience, well, my experience at Siebel, or sorry, at Dumans when, when the, at the end of the Siebel program, I basically I stayed in a hostel that was right outside of one of Augustiner's uh, breweries. You know, five weeks in a hostel, I never wish upon myself again. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was interesting to wake up, you know, at seven in the morning to go get the, the train of the Marienplatz, uh, but get up and smell wort being produced, you know, more often than not. And it was kind of, that was actually kind of an inspiration because the guy had been brewing at Iron Hill uh, professionally before this, and they let me do the Siebel International Brewer's Diploma like break it up a few weeks at a time because it's 12 weeks total. Uh, but I had to go back to work, you know. So being able to wake up and smell war and like remember why I'm here and all this stuff and then go take the train to this beautiful little you know, town just outside the city and, you know, walk from the train, get a croissant, go to the school and, you know, learn from, you know, technical brewers from Germany, you know, was fantastic. And just I think the the recipe development stuff was always the most intriguing to me while going there. They um, listening to a, a German person say they would put corn grits or rice in their lager for palatability. I just I started cracking up and I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, like back, back then I didn't really know, but like through practice, you're like, yeah, that can be a really great, you know, ingredient, even though it's frowned upon sometimes. So that was a great experience. And then we had the the weekends to if you could afford the time and money to go travel. It is funny though. I was there with Chris Graham, who used to be at DC Brow as a production manager. Uh, we met there. He had been with the program for that year, you know, all the way through. I was coming as an outsider that just like flew to Germany because I had been with like three different groups uh, during classes because I split it up three different times. But met him out there. We hiked to Eindax together uh, with a whole group of people. This is a video chat. I bring in the old like camera that has a little disc in it, you know, because it's not on phones back then and all that. So, uh, but it was fun. And I would say you know, the experience with the people there in the brewing industry or soon to be in the brewing industry was great. The little amount of time I got to experience people in the beer industry in Germany was great, but it was, it was not as 
it wasn't like the U.S. where you go in a brewery and you're a brewery, you go talk to whoever. They're very more uh, close to their heart with their information and stuff. So, but it was fun. And, you know, we did anything from hike to Ondex, go to Eggenberg and have a beer dinner, drinking Sammy Claus and, you know, not remembering what's happening, like all that stuff, you know, the 14% Stark beer. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it was a great experience. So, yeah, it's so much. <laughs> <laughs> We are very grateful for you uh, sharing your knowledge with us. And I, I just have to say thank you. You know, you being a graduate of Seibel, of the oldest brewing school in the U.S., tied, you know, to, to Dumans and, and Weinstefan, which claims to be the oldest brewery in the world. It's really remarkable that you're bringing this, uh, this old style Dunkels, putting a fresh new spin on it. You know, we're getting it in glass bottles, so it's classically treated. But it's really the first time we're getting this small batch, dark lager, classic, true to style German yeast, right? You could have used the same yeast, could have used the same malts, but you've got a, a new combination of flavors with with new malts and new yeast. So, um, so thank you for that. Is there anything else you want to tell the DC beer audience before we go? One, if you really want this beer to to keep going and all that, we'll produce more as long as you buy it. Uh, we'll, you know. <laughs> If you, if you, this is the stuff that you want, we'll definitely make more of it than these small batches. But, you know, for now, we're just keeping it, you know, in the tap rooms and trying to, you know, feed the people who are, have high interest in this kind of stuff. Beyond that, I mean, I just hope that we all can travel safely someday and enjoy those experiences, you know, in the future, not in the in your memory, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Jeff Ramirez. We really appreciate it check out the Dunkel in the tap room, grab a case. I know I will be. And thanks again. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Jeff, for taking that time. Before we head out, just a couple other interesting things going around um, the DMV today, starting with Three Floyds, Walesboro, long, sought after, traded for, hoppy hoppy beers, um, being brought into the D, the M, and the V. We had some snarky comments um, over on the interwebs on Twitter um, at DC Beer, the gist of which was like, it's not 2015 anymore. Do we still care about Three Floyds? And uh, the answer is yes, because at multiple stores, um, Three Floyds Zombie Dust was sold out in a matter of hours as if it were Hop Slam, say like circa 2014 or so. So good job, everybody, with uh, the Zombie Dust Citra Pale Ale. Um, I am partial to Gumball Head, which is a hoppy wheat. But anyway, it's just cool. So, that, Jake, like, you were getting that smoke on the Twitter. Uh, yeah, a little <laughs> one, bit. One nameless commentator who is a friend to the DC Beer Show. We can, we can, we can certainly call out X Meridian Pints, Whole Foods, uh, Midlands Beer Buyer GM, um, Drew Swift. Yes, Drew Swift. We love you who said, so what, who cares? And I get that because we are all in beer and we are jaded by such things. But here's the question. If we don't care, and maybe the royal we doesn't care, the sales speak for themselves. Right? So if they're yep. already sold out, clearly people care enough to wipe that stock off the shelves out of the cooler, right? No, like I just, it's, it's cool that people are excited about mundane things again, like beer, and that people are like, oh, Three Floyds is here. Zombie dust. I like zombie dust. And then they ran out and they bought it all up. Good. <laughs> happy, happy. If you went into a beer spot and you didn't find zombie dust because it was sold out, maybe you bought a local beer. 
even better. If you are in Silver Spring and you missed the zombie dust drop, please, please, please buy some Silver Branch, buy some denizens. Word. If you're in Astro Lab, buy some Astro Lab. Yeah, spread the love, you know. Cool. All right. Brandy, we got some stuff coming up um, with Pink Boots within the yeah. next couple weeks. Oh, if you would like yeah. to, to bless us with a preview. Yeah, so uh, I get to interview Aaron from Silver Branch, who has been on the show at least briefly once or twice, because I know we actually recorded at Silver Branch before the Rona, <laughs> February of last year. And she came on really quickly. She is a major component component at Silver Branch. She's so awesome. Uh, recently got married, too, to her beau, Ryan. What's up? Happy uh, congratulations and stuff. But yeah, Pink Boots. If you guys don't know about Pink Boots, you're missing out. It is. It basically just celebrates women in beer. It is a collection, a group, a team, an organization of women who brew, who are in the brewing scene. Um, they, they don't necessarily have to work at a brewery. Uh, most, a lot of them do. I think I'm an unofficial member. I'm an honorary member of Pink Boots, I've been told, because I've never brewed a beer there uh, with any of them, but I know a, a good chunk of them. They're all fucking awesome. Um, so I think I'm going to do an interview with Aaron Young from Silver Branch and Alex Keller, who actually did used to be at Silver Branch, as far as I know, and uh, now is at Other Half. So I'll be talking to them hopefully on the next episode. So yeah, keep a, keep an ear out. That's right. Stay tuned. Um, Alex, we will note, is um, the Pink Boots DC chapter secretary. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, as always, check us out on the socials at DC Beer. If you're Instagramming your beer, tag us again at DC Beer. You'll probably see Brandy um, giving you the heart emoji, thumbs up, what have you. It really does look like maybe we are close to turning a corner on this. We heard earlier today there could be enough vaccine out there for whoever wants it by May. Yay. And what that means to me is September beer festivals. Start yes. looking around, everybody. DC Beer Week is back. In person. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're going to go drunk nuts. Together. Like we learned nothing from the great Gatsby. Just a whole <laughs> week of Roaring bad 20s, decisions. Y'all. That's right. Roaring 20s. Indeed. Gonna kill. I, have, I have the clothes to go with it, so we're about to do it big. Let's go. We Don't are going to fest like we are F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald. Hell yeah. East I'll be Zelda because I'm kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, folks. Um, Tom, Daisy, uh, everybody else. Um, everybody a, out there, yep. East Tag, we love you. Mike, That's Jake, right. it's always lovely to see your faces. Be well, Mike, I cannot wait till you get the vaccination because I can't wait to drink with you, buddy. Yeah, I love you, man. We are going to have a champagne toast once we both are double poked. Yes, and we'll toast with some bubbly. <laughs> Double poked. Hmm. Uh, you know, one's good, but two's better. Unless it's J and J. That's what's there. Yeah. And um, on that note, I think we will sign off. Um, be well, everybody. Aw, cheers, y'all. Adios, amigos. Bye.